0: Welcome to Dark Poutine. I am Mike Brown, creator and host. With me as usual is my good friend and co-host, Scott Eminway. Say hello, Scott. You a good audience.
1: You ain't sassy.
0: Hi, everybody. They're bouncy audience. Bouncy audience. You a good puppy. Good listeners. (laughs) (laughs) The views, information, and opinions expressed during the Dark Poutine podcast are solely those of the producer and do not necessarily represent those of CuriousCast, its affiliate global news, nor their parent company, Chorus Entertainment. Dark poutine is not for the faint of heart or squeamish. Listener discretion is strongly advised. We're not experts on the topics we present, nor are we journalists. We're two ordinary Canadians chatting about crime and the dark side of history. Let's get to it. Put on your toque. Grab yourself a double-double and an anaino bar. It's time to scarf down some dark poutine. <coughs> Sounded like a pig.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a snorty chomp. Which was actually my rapper name.
0: So we're going to Florida. Literally, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It's coming up May 1st to 3rd. Well, it's a little ways away. Well, and we got to make it through this winter and the coronavirus before we...
1: Yeah, we were like hard on the coronavirus on the after show.
0: Yeah. And now like people are dropping.
1: Yeah, well... Maybe uh, maybe I was a bit off in my assessment of... Could have been... (laughs) severity
0: so if you want to go to crime con and you still haven't gotten your tickets it's may 1st to 3rd 2020 in orlando florida and you can get your tickets at crimecon.com and use poutine 2020 for 10 percent off that purchase
1: poutine 2020
0: helps us out a lot yes and the umber yard we are just few members away from 7,000, which is crazy holy crackers i should join i know I thought you were in there. Oh, well, maybe. I'm pretty sure you are. I think I am. And also, don't forget, we will be at Fan Expo Vancouver doing a live show at 12.45 p.m. on Sunday, February 16th. And Fan Expo runs from February 15th to the 17th. Yeah,
1: it's always a fun time.
0: Yeah. There's, there's lots a- of cool cosplayers there. Yeah, yeah. And And uh, Cos- there's... Us. Us, plus there's, you know, the usual suspects. I do believe Will Wheaton might be there. I might be wrong, but.
1: I'm pretty sure I saw Will Wheaton on there. I saw, um, Will Wheaton on there. Yeah.
0: Uh, other people. You can Google that, Fan Expo Vancouver, and you can learn more. I
1: remember seeing, there were some people, I'm like, oh God, I hope I get to bump into them.
0: There you go. I can't remember though. Is that, well, I don't remember a lot of things. Well, this is episode 109 and it is The Dark Strangler, Earl Leonard Nelson. Oh, don't know this strangler. I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Some people do, lots of people do. There's been a lot of coverage of him okay. um, over the years. So, yeah.
1: I, I, I'm often bad with the names, but become familiar with the cases because I just like, it's just nonstop true crime in my house. And so often I'll be like, oh shit, this one.
0: This is a story I've wanted to tell for a long time, but I've avoided it due to the sheer scope of this monster's crimes. Mm -hmm. I kind of had the same problem with Chikatilo when we did it. It It's just like I just felt like I was saying this person was murdered, that person was murdered, and spent 20 minutes on that. But at the same time, these are stories that I really feel need to be told.
1: Yeah. I think uh, the biggest indicator of your writing compassion is the past and the history. You've demonstrated that it's about victims. So if there's the odd case where we can't get into detail about all 20 some odd people, I I don't think anybody's going to think negatively. It's we, we wish we could tell their stories completely in depth, but it's just not
0: feasible. All the, Earl Leonard Nelson is one of history's probably least talked about, but most prolific serial killers. And it's believed he killed at least 22 people and may have committed as many as 30 or more murders across hmm. the U.S. and into Canada in the roaring 20s. So almost a hundred years ago. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he got his eventual comeuppance here in Canada. So. Good. Yeah. Canadians caught him. Yes. Yeah, just we, so you know. It's what we do. He's been called the gorilla man, the gorilla strangler, the dark strangler, or just simply the strangler.
1: Okay, well, variations of strangling.
0: And like we mentioned already, we won't be able to talk about every victim as in-depth as we yeah. typically did. Um, otherwise, we would have a 22-episode podcast. Or 22-hour-long yeah, episode. Yeah, it would be very long. As the crimes of Earl Leonard Nelson took almost 100 years ago, many of the stories about the man are hyperbole. Mm. So we'll try to stick to what have been called the established facts in this case and try not to add to the mythology. Yeah, I read a lot of different sources and the timelines are all over the place. Mm. Some people have him doing certain things on certain dates that other sites do not, so.
1: Well, that's the challenge with these historical cases yeah. is that it's very difficult. You know, the documentation is not right as it is nowadays.
0: So books like Harold Schechter's Bestial is probably the best one. There's also Michael Newton's Dark Strangler, as well as news articles, obviously mm-hmm. from the time and a telling of Nelson's arrest and trial on the Winnipeg Police Services website. And that gave me what I needed to tell this story. Oh, good. Yeah. We'll expand on his later crimes and his end here in Canada. But first, we have to get a bit of Earl Leonard Nelson's formative history and early murders out of the way.
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: Earl Leonard Nelson did not get the most auspicious start to life. He was born in san francisco on may 12 1897. i think that's the same year as my grandfather hmm. his teenage mother Frances, died of syphilis when earl was only nine months old
1: i don't think i know anybody who's died from
0: syphilis well either. it's not typical anymore um not in modern first Western. world countries yeah. anyway Earl's father, James, followed Francis to the grave from the same infection just six months later. So he was only 15 months old and he'd lost both his parents. Oh, jeez. It is believed that the disease was passed on to Earl in utero as his mother was infected prior to his birth. Damn. Over the years, some authors have pointed to Nelson's congenital syphilis as a possible cause for his increasingly erratic and violent behavior from the time he was a child. Writing about Nelson and syphilis in his book, The Dark Strangler, Michael Newton stated that the symptoms may include issues with, quote, inhibitions or asocial behavior, impairment of judgment, concentration, and short-term memory, euphoria, mania, depression, or apathy.
1: Hmm. That's quite the list. It sounds like you. I Well, I, yeah, I think we've we've established that I'm, I,
0: I, I've got the killer virus. There you go. I have a book on... Uh, hypochondriacs that a uh, hypochondriacs that I think uh, we might go over on an after show oh, fuck.
1: that that <laughs> I'm just gonna I'll leave I'll leave the after show with like I'm clearly dying yeah of many many things
0: so young Earl Leonard Nelson went to live with his maternal grandmother he needed somebody to take care of yeah him. For her sure. name was Jenny and she ran a strict and devoutly religious home mm. Jenny was still raising two of her own preteen children when the infant Earl, came into her care. Earl was always a handful, going from a seemingly endless manic energy one moment and in the next, descending into deep depression and hiding out by himself for days at a time, staring blankly out a window.
1: Well, he has been through a hell of a lot in his short time to this point.
0: Yeah, exactly. Harold Schechter wrote in his book Bestial that Earl was not considered, quote, presentable by his grandmother, Hmm. despite her best efforts. And he was such a pig when he ate, his extended family called him the Wild Man of Borneo. Jeez. Well, that's not going to help this guy. a little. The Wild Man of Borneo was a, quote, circus freak back in the day. I figured it was. That they used to wheel out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, But, you know, clearly they don't think very fondly of him. Of
0: little Earl. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh,
1: yeah, it's going to only complicate whatever issues he's got going on in his noggin.
0: He was forced to go to the Pentecostal church with his grandmother. He was expected to read the Bible every day and memorize passages therein. And his grandmother warned him of the hellfire that awaited him for being a bad boy.
1: Oh, Jesus. Oh, in his mind, he's already doomed. Sure. She's telling him you're going to hell.
0: She would rant about biblical passages and had a special affinity for, of course, the hallucinatory symbols in the books of Revelations. Mm,
1: Fantastic.
0: Yeah. He wasn't remotely (laughs) well-behaved. He fought with other children, boys and girls. He was a well-known thief stealing from local businesses. He would punch, kick, bite, all those kind of things. So he was expelled from one school at seven years old. And was considered a neighborhood terror. Jesus, by seven years old. You're expelled from your local school, you have to go to another one. This is not a good start. Not a good start. In Bestial, Harold Schechter remembers the devastating 1906 San Francisco earthquake that measured 8.25 on the Richter scale. Holy shit. As proof of the Lord's rage against the heathens in the godless city. Holy crackers. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So adding actual injury to what else was going on with this young man, a head injury when Earl was 10 years old may have also contributed to his violent behavior. Hmm. From Schechter's Bestial, quote, "...while trying to impress some older boys with his daring, Earl raced across the tracks of an oncoming trolley on a beat-up two-wheeler he had inherited from his uncle Willis." The trolley caught the rear wheel of the bike, and Earl, sent flying, landed head first on the cobblestones. He was carried back home unconscious. His grandmother nearly collapsed when she saw the ghastly wound on his right temple. For nearly a week, the boy slipped in and out of consciousness, raving wildly when he was awake. End quote. So he nearly died of a head injury when he was a kid.
1: Sweet baby Jesus. Yeah. Wow. And so I, I love that the treatment is, well, we'll carry you home. Yeah. And the, the, the grandma's just going to be like, well, oh, just put him down.
0: He looks terrible. Just lay him yeah, in bed. Lay,
1: lay him down. He'll, you know, <laughs> a week
0: of like lucidity. Mm. Barely. Head injuries are Jeez. often a thing in serial killers. Yeah. We, we've just, talked about that yeah, before. Violent people in general. This topic comes up a lot with Aaron Hernandez and stuff. So, yeah. Well, I think it lowers your inhibitions and those kind of things. It, it, it can, yeah. It can mm-hmm. definitely do that. Schechter goes on to say that after the sixth day, Earl claimed to be just fine <laughs> and it took 10 days more of bed rest to set him on his feet again. So he was like <laughs> out to lunch for 16 days. Jesus. After that came memory lapses yeah. and frequent headaches that would plague him for the rest of his life.
1: Undoubtedly. 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 Okay. The man had a concussion. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. Treatment for something like that nowadays would look far different than just go lie
0: down for 16 days. There was one point where he was in a hospital later on, uh, a mental hospital, and he is having a conversation with the doctor about things that have affected him in his life. Mm -hmm. And he points to his head and there's like a dent in his head that he gets the doctor to touch where he, where he had acquired one of his many head injuries. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Earl Nelson then went to live with his aunt Lillian and would bounce between her and an uncle's home until he was around 17. They found him easier to manage than his grandmother. Mm-hmm. He dropped out of school at 14 and started working jobs requiring more physical than mental effort. He wasn't a good employee, though, yeah. and was fired often. More than once, he'd be seen standing, mouth agape, staring at nothing. Away with the fairies, as one of my favorite Scottish sayings go. <laughs> Strangely, even when not working, Earl always seemed to have money.
1: Well, that's uh, where was he getting money? Y- yeah, I we mean, mentioned
0: earlier he was a thief. so... Sh- sh- spoiler alert! Oh yeah, well.
1: he, he, he yeah. It's at the age of fourteen, and you're unemployed. You should not have money, right? You should not have money. And maybe, I mean, maybe he's crocheting. And selling his Could have work,
0: been. he's doing Baby Yoda mittens. Yeah, yeah, selling them on Etsy.
1: They were they were huge back
0: then. Apparently, Etsy's taking them all down though. So. What? Oh yeah, copyright. Because, yep. Yeah. Earl was barely eighteen years old when he was convicted of burglarizing a local cabin. He'd broken in, grabbed what he wanted, and was seen leaving by the returning owner, stolen property in hand. Nelson fled, but was caught two days later by a search party in the woods. He was sentenced to two years behind bars in the storied San Quentin prison. So you're 18 years old and you're off to San Quentin for two years.
1: That's no walk in the park. No. San San Quentin. That's like,
0: that's like serious business prison. That's put on your big person pants and, and go to jail.
1: Yeah. That's if you tell people around the world, yeah, I was in San Quentin, they know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well. Earl had grown into a powerful looking man. Hard time had helped him bulk up. He was not tall, but his massive hands made him look freakish and mm. gave him the nickname Gorilla. Mm. As the First World War was coming to an end, Nelsonson joined the military for a brief time, but headaches and bizarre behavior landed him in the hospital and kept him out of combat.
1: Well, so, uh, you know, instantly I'm going to define this bizarre behavior. Well. Flinging feces at other
0: people. Just a lot of like yeah. uh, weird erratic, stuff. Erratic. Yeah. Erratic. He would rant about religiosity and biblical things quite yeah. often. Yeah, You know, his staring at stuff and just being lost and not knowing what was going on. Yeah. He, he was sent to the Napa State Hospital for the insane, but Earl escaped so many times, they just eventually released him to be rid of him. Hmm. The escapes garnered him another nickname, Houdini. He'd even escaped from handcuffs a number of times. Oh. Yeah. Interesting.
1: So, so uh, am I understanding cause he was breaking out so much, they just let him out.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> what
1: an interesting approach. Well, he for. was just,
0: he was in the hospital at the time and he wasn't considered a criminal. But he had gone AWOL yeah, from right. the army and all that kind of stuff. But
1: I'm going to start that kind of
0: uh, approach to a lot of things in life. Just go bananas? And yeah, well, just like- Run you- away so many times, I just say, yeah, you, I guess you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good I'm idea. Let me see how that works out. Yeah, let me know. Probably not. Earl raved about God, or his twisted conceptions at least. He was quoting his favorite biblical passages to anyone who'd listen, but he seemed to have a lot of problems practicing what he was preaching. <laughs> He was violent and stealing and all those kind of things. But one of the people who was listening was a 60-year-old woman named Mary Martin, a friend of his grandmother's. Okay, well. In 1919, just 22, when he was just 22, Nelson and Mary got married. Hmm, a bit of an age gap there. A little bit of a, what what, what do they call it, a... May, September or something like no, that? No, I don't know the expression. Or April, September, I don't
1: know. Yeah, I mean, I guess 1919 was a very different time, Mike. Maybe
0: this was- uh, Not really. That yeah. was considered odd then too.
1: <laughs> so that's remained consistent through times.
0: With Mary at first, Earl was a little weird, but she wasn't afraid of him. That came later when he continued to have violent outbursts. Within a year, she was terrified of him, but yeah. loved him anyway. As you would. I guess. Yeah. In the meantime, Earl had received another head injury. Jesus. While working as a tree trimmer, he fell out of a tree, through the branches, landing hard, head first on his pumpkin. His headaches got worse, and so did his behavior. <laughs> I would
1: imagine that would, yeah. You're just it's not like, going to improve things. It's not the fawns where you just you hit your own head and everything works. No, you just tip out of a tree and...
0: Yeah, like, I can't imagine. Yeah.
1: It, he, he certainly is, isn't the most coordinated person I'm suspecting.
0: No. After a final fight with Mary in 1921, she wanted him out for the time being. Nelson mm-hmm. jumped through the window of their home, cursing her as he went. I
1: mean, that's one way to do it. Right? I mean, did if you're going to
0: leave, you just defenestrate yourself. I they, can't believe I got to use the word defenestrate. Wow. I don't even know what that means. It means to exit through a window or to be thrown out of a window wow. or to violently go out of a window. Your, Defenestration.
1: Your whole life has led to this moment right? where you could say that word. I love the word defenestrate. Yeah. and I mean, for all we know, like in the early 1900s, I don't know if doors were invented yet. So There were doors. Everybody, there was like the dukes of hazards of houses. That's I've how seen, you would get in and out of your, you just jump through the windows.
0: I've seen pictures of my grandmother's house in the yeah. 1920s. Yeah. Doors. Maybe she pioneered that. <laughs> she maybe maybe
1: they were the first doors to have housed back then.
0: Nova Scotian woman invents doors.
1: This is what I'm saying. mm Well, doors existed. They just weren't attached to houses yet.
0: Yeah, something tells me that's not the case. Uh, I
1: think which one of us is the historian?
0: Neither of us.
1: Let's not get bogged down in semantics.
0: So soon after leaving Mary on May 19th, 1921, Earl, claiming to be a plumber sent to fix a gas leak, talked his way into the home of Charles Summers. Nelson then found 12-year-old Mary Summers playing in the basement where he sexually assaulted her. Oh, fuck. He was trying to strangle the girl when her brother came running, responding to the screams and commotion he'd heard downstairs. Good brother. Nelson dropped the girl, punched her brother and knocked him down, and took off into the neighborhood. He was captured two hours later riding a trolley, fighting the whole way to the police cells.
1: Yeah, I went from, like, you know, giggling and laughing and being jovial about this to pretty
0: quickly, now I just want to break his neck. He goes from, I'm just a thief and maybe just a bit clumsy. goofy and clumsy, but now he's super violent. Yeah, now
1: I want to break his neck.
0: Well, if you see pictures of his hands and mm-hmm. the way he looked, it looks like he would just snap you in two.
1: Well, you don't need big hands to be able to do that to me. Yeah. But, okay, well, I'll scratch him up is what I'm getting
0: at. Earl was put into a straitjacket and tied to the bed after exhibiting extremely bizarre behavior in a cell. From a crime library dot com article written by Mark Gribben, Quote, on his first evening in jail, he plucked his eyebrows completely with just his fingernails and began howling about seeing faces on the wall. Holy Jesus! Mm-hmm. And I suspect he ha- didn't have peyote in there. No, Mary, who continued to support Nelson, agreed to his involuntary hospitalization back at the Napa Hospital. Mm. So from harold Schechter's bestial paperwork spoke of some of the symptoms of nelson's insanity quote brought to dh or detention hospital order judge superior court department 11 charged with attacking girl at dh patient apathetic mm. difficult to elicit information hears voices and spirits and sees them threaten suicide people about him say he is crazy will not associate with him. Claims to have lapses of memory, end quote. Hmm. This guy sounds as though he was suffering. For sure.
1: I mean, a lot of early trauma, a lot of head trauma. Mm-hmm. So, hmm uh, So Just... that's not to, not to say and not to pass off that's why he is the way he is. But there's, there's no doubt that that kind of brain trauma and in life trauma is definitely going to have an impact. Yeah, it's gotta kind of muck with you a bit. Oh, it clearly, especially the head trauma. It, yeah, because that's not um
0: That's physical. That's That's something, not something you yeah. can
1: you can improve upon with behavioral no. uh techniques and whatnot. It's it's you got the trauma heads.
0: Yeah. According to Bestial, during treatment, Earl admitted to doctors that he'd masturbated several times a day since he was 14 years old, and since married, had frequent intercourse with his elderly wife on top of the masturbating. Okay. He also admitted to regular binges on alcohol. He was diagnosed constitutional psychopath with outbreaks of psychosis just days after being admitted to the hospital.
1: I mean, sounds right.
0: Sure. I don't know what constitutional psychopath means, but... Like... Uh, the,
1: the core of you is, yes, exactly. is spoiled
0: pretty much earl spent more than two years in hospital and had tried to escape early on but seemed to be conforming during his second year well he began to decompensate slowly and became restless mm. earl escaped the hospital on october 5th 1923 he was picked up in san francisco and taken back to napa where he spent another 16 months on the wards On March 10th, 1925, he was released as, quote, improved.
1: Not better. Improved.
0: Improved. Improved Uh, enough to be out and about. Yeah, well,
1: yeah. 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 So he spent a couple of years institutionalized.
0: As so much time had passed since Earl Leonard Nelson's assault on Mary Summers, and as he has spent all that time involuntarily in the hospital, the charges against him for the crime were dropped.
1: Okay, uh, not jazzed about that.
0: But at the same time, I think that would probably happen today as well. I know. No, I I think
1: if you were found not criminally responsible because Mm -hmm. you uh, diagnosed clinically insane, uh, I don't think they, because you were in the hospital beforehand, they go, ah, you know what, that was good enough.
0: Yeah, well, that's what they did then. Yeah, well,
1: different times.
0: Yeah. And it's weird that that becomes the excuse for these episodes that happened a long time ago.
1: Yeah. That it's, well, different times. Yeah. But uh, you know, yeah. It, that's it, that's not a way of saying like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. That's how things, but it's to explain that. Yeah. Shit was
0: way different. It was a lot different. The next year of Earl Leonard Nelson's life due to a lack of remarkable events is not well-documented. Obviously, if if nothing's happening, there's not going to be a lot. There aren't police records
1: indicating that he did good this year. Yeah. Well behaved.
0: He bounced around between his aunt Lillian's and that of his wife, Mary, who reluctantly took him back briefly. Mary gave him clean clothes and made sure he looked well-groomed. She took care of him the best she could, but his religious ranting and dangerous outbursts continued. He would disappear for months at a time and no one was sure where he was living. Eventually, Mary had enough, and Nelson moved on.
1: Good for you, Mary. Well,
0: she's always kind of held a candle for him, you know? Yeah, yeah, but... You'll see later on. Oh, boy. She carries on... Pining. Well, yeah. She felt that she really loved him, so...
1: And probably had a, a huge component of, I can help him.
0: Yeah. Some believe that while he was missing for those months, he may have murdered and raped the corpses of at least six women. Three in California, three in Philadelphia between August and November of 1925. Yes, that's right. I said necrophilia. Jeez. These crimes remain unsolved, but did have many similarities to Nelson's later crimes. Mm. They're not included in his official death count for lack of evidence.
1: Yeah. We, when we hear these very old cases, I'm, I, I often immediately think like, oh, I wonder if that was happening now with the forensics we have. Yeah. We'd probably be able to to definitively.
0: And that's the feeling that I got as I read this. I don't think that this guy would have gotten away with things for as long as yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. In February of 1926, Nelson's serial murder spree began. In less than two years, a trail of bodies murdered at his hands would lie across nine states and one Canadian province. Mm. And we will take a break right here. And we're back. So what, what are your thoughts so far?
1: There's a lot to unpack so far that. uh, Yeah.
0: uh, And uh, there's more. I'm
1: concerned about the life he led as a child. Mm -hmm. A lot of terrible traumas. Any one of those could significantly impact how somebody copes with life moving
0: forward. What I feel badly for is all the people around him who are trying to take care of him. And, you know, even... At school and those kind of things. It's like, can you imagine being a teacher and having somebody who is. Just unmanageable in your classroom.
1: Well, yeah, and it, but it doesn't sound like anybody in the immediate proximity of him, i.e., his grandma, and uh, at that point in time, doesn't sound like they were helping, yeah. in any capacity with the traumas. I didn't. They were I, I trying
0: to give him a good education and and, and a strict upbringing. And yeah, those kind in, of things in, and,
1: in, in you know nineteen oh eight or whenever they hell nineteen twelve. There wasn't a lot of okay, so. so Tell me, how, how do you feel about what happened to your parents? Uh, do Uh you, are, you, are you, does that Langer? Hellfire and brimstone. Yeah. that's yeah. That was you. Well, God did that because you bad.
0: Yep. Pretty much.
1: You know? And, and so first, like.
0: That so th- still happens in places. Yeah. Tragically. There are still people who are sent for conversion therapy. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, we yeah. won't get into that. In a residential neighborhood on Pierce Street in San Francisco on February 20th, 1926, Earl... Leonard Nelson first employed the ruse that would allow him access to the majority of his victims. Oh, no. In a clean suit, with his hair washed and quaffed and a Bible tucked under his arm, Nelson knocked on the door of an apartment house with a room-to-let sign in the window. Mm. The house belonged to 60-year-old spinster, that's in quotes, because that's not a word that I would use, Clara B. Newman, who lived on the first-floor apartment. Her nephew on the second floor and a third floor apartment was home to a family named Brown, no relation. A tiny empty attic apartment was above that. And that was the one that was for rent. Hmm. Nelson told Clara, he was a Bible student and was looking for a place to lay his head while he studied. That sounds nice. Clara let him in and showed him the attic apartment. Clara's nephew Merton heard muffled voices below as his aunt answered the door, and let her perfective tenant in. Around 30 minutes later, Merton, who had now been in the basement looking at the furnace down a back staircase, encountered a powerfully built and stocky man quickly making his way out of Clara's back door. Oh boy. The two interacted briefly before the man left. So he got a good description of it. hmm From Harold Schechter's Bestial, quote, Can I be of assistance? Merton asked. Tell the landlady I will return in an hour, the stranger replied. I would like to rent that empty apartment. With that, he pulled open the door and strode away. End quote.
1: So, playing things casual. Completely. Uh,
0: yeah. And very, you know, presentable. Yeah, calm. Uh, businesslike. Yep. A few hours later, having some business questions for his aunt, Merton sought Clara out. He found her laying in the kitchen of the attic apartment she'd presumably shown to the man who killed her. (sighs) Clara lay on the floor on her side, dress had been pulled up over her waist, exposing her lower body. Mm, The autopsy on Clara's body revealed she had been strangled manually by someone with massive, powerful hands. It also pointed to necrophilia. It appeared that whoever had killed her had sexually assaulted her after death.
1: So uncomfortable.
0: Not having sex with dead people. I mean, like, just hearing that, like, I feel very uncomfortable. And I don't understand it. I can't fathom wanting to hurt somebody to the point where they're dead, actually carrying that out. Yeah. And then defiling them afterward?
1: I, you know, I assume that like a lot of sexual crimes and violent crimes, it's about control. It's about humiliation. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think he's just following suit.
0: On March 2nd, nineteen twenty six in Santa Barbara, another body belonging to a woman this time her name was Mrs. Laura Beale and she was sixty three, was found. She had been showing another room to let at her house at five twenty one East Santa Clara Street. Laura's husband, Harvey, found her on a mattress in the bedroom of the empty apartment. Mm, Jesus from Harold Schechter's Bestial quote From the condition of the room, and dreadful bruises on her face, he could see that there had been a violent struggle. She had been strangled with the silken cord of her dressing gown, which had been twisted so savagely around her neck that it was embedded in her flesh. Her garments were hiked to her waist, end quote.
1: Oh my, this guy is disgusting.
0: Oh, it's repellent. Yeah. And it doesn't get any better.
1: It's so much... Ang-
0: and again, as with Clara Newman, Mrs. Beale had been raped post-mortem in San Francisco on June 10th 1926 Lillian St. Mary who also had a room for rent sign in her window was found manually strangled and displayed in much the same way as the other victims on the bed in her spare room that she had meant to let she had been raped after death Police were becoming frustrated, the public was afraid, and according to Schechter's book Bestial, it was now that the paper began calling the mystery murderer the Dark Strangler. Yeah, his M.O. was quite specific and Mm -hmm.
1: um, consistent. Yeah. On June 24th,
0: 1926, so we're looking at 14 days later, just two weeks, Ollie Russell, 53, was found in her Santa Barbara home. She had been strangled and raped after death. Here we go
1: again, fourth time.
0: In Oakland, California, on August 16, 1926, Mary C. Nesbitt, 52, was found strangled and raped in her apartment building. Her husband, suspected at first, was questioned and cleared.
1: Well, that's good. I'm glad he was cleared.
0: Can you imagine you discover your wife dead, strangled, raped, all of the above, and you are the one who is questioned harshly? Yeah, I was. And in those days, it wasn't, the questioning wasn't exactly like, come on in, we'll have a little conversation. Oh, and
1: the rules of uh, interrogation are vastly, down. I'm pretty confident there were uh, punches thrown. Phone it, like, books. Yeah, yeah. Rubber, rubber hoses I, and stuff. I, I can't imagine. I, I was just listening to some uh, to another podcast, I don't remember which, but it was talking about a, a mom who was. Convicted for killing her kid, and then was uh, found to be innocent. And it's just like, like how how traumatic is it enough? Yeah, to have to deal
0: with the dead deal relative. with the loss
1: of yeah. your child, yeah. and then to be wrongfully incarcerated. Like oh, just terrible.
0: Yeah, yeah. Most likely due to the heat of the investigation in California, Nelson moved north to Portland, Oregon, for his next murders. Making up for lost time, Nelson killed three more women in just three days wow on october 19 1926 mrs Beta b durkoop withers was found stuffed into a trunk by her 15 year old son oh. she had been strangled and raped after death i have to say this every oh. single time just so you know
1: well it yeah it's an important fact i mean it, it's his it, signature yeah
0: exactly that's his signature 59-year-old Virginia Ada Gray Grant's strangled and defiled body was found behind the furnace in the basement of her boarding house the next day, October 20th, 1926. Uh. And the day after that, October 21st, 1926, Mabel H. Fluke was found having been strangled and raped after death in the attic of her boarding house. Jesus
1: Christ. And on that note, Mabel is a greatly underused name nowadays.
0: Actually, those older names are starting to make a comeback. Oh, really? They are, huh. yeah. Eugenia and, and things like that mm. are starting to make a comeback. It's interesting to see. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 might, yeah, I, might I have yet name. to meet a little boy named Ebenezer, though. <laughs> I think that's a fantastic. It name. really is. He went quiet again for another few weeks. On November 18th, 1926, Nelson was back in San Francisco where he strangled Anna Edmonds 56 with a rag and then raped her corpse on November 19th the next day in Burlingame California a 28 year old pregnant woman with the last name Murray was attacked by Nelson as she showed him the home that she had for sale luckily even though she was with child she was no frail elderly woman and was able to fight him off and survive the attack good but again another good description of this guy that yep. the paper is disseminating four days later north in seattle's capitol hill neighborhood oh i like that place nelson strangled and then raped florence monk 48 leaving her behind the furnace in the basement of her home after stealing jewelry he would later gift to women in portland Ugh. burglary also was a thing yeah but so he, he would kill and rape and burgle
1: it doesn't sound necessarily for profit, though. It's more for souvenir. Sure, it seems and like. maybe to
0: yeah. to watch the look on somebody's yeah. face as yeah. he gives away a murder victim's yeah. stuff. Yeah. On November 29th, 1926, after the discovery of 48-year-old Blanche Myers' strangled and raped body in her Portland, Oregon home, investigators were able to collect fingerprints that would later place Nelson at that crime scene. Mm, good. Women on the West Coast were warned not to show houses or rooms to rent to potential renters alone. Good advice? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It took that long before that happened though. Yeah, <laughs> shit. Isn't with, that with crazy?
1: such a but again, we're so used to current technology and forensic tools, we, you know, we have online databases now sure. where you know fingerprints or shit. It's like, yeah, back then. Yeah. Um, It was much harder to sit there and go, I wonder if there were similar cases in other
0: areas. Yeah, they they wouldn't be able to get together. It's like we saw that even as late as Clifford Olson. Yeah. They had to get into a room together to figure out who was doing what. Yeah, But because this case was so well known through the media, people were on the lookout for this. And they began to make these connections kind of early on, earlier. But they couldn't catch the guy because he moved around so much. Yeah, yeah out of fear of capture hitchhiking and hopping on freight trains nelson headed east he stopped in council bluffs iowa where he strangled and raped mrs john berard 41 in her home on december 2nd of 1926. oh my god this guy in kansas city missouri on december 27th nelson strangled and raped 23 year old bonnie pace the next day also in kansas city in one of his more horrific outings Earl strangled and raped Jermaine Harpin, 28 years old, and then he strangled her crying eight-month-old son, Robert Harpin, to death with his own diaper. Holy shit!
1: And there's just no cool down with this guy. Typically, no. you'll you know um, serial well, there is, killers weeks, will, and, weeks, but, but that's barely he'll go any,
0: on a binge while he's doing it. Yeah,
1: in so. weeks is, is barely anything in the world of a serial. I mean, typically you'll have somebody pace it and, and with a couple of months in in between each occurrence. But he's just like give it a couple of weeks, then go on a blitz. Couple of weeks, go on a blitz.
0: Well, interestingly, after killing a baby probably horrified by his last crime he went quiet again for a number of months good Uh, not committing any murders that we actually know about yeah yeah so he made his way further east stopping first in the city of brotherly love philadelphia pennsylvania and brotherly love was truly the furthest thing from his mind i think love period yeah was there on april 27th 1927 Nelson murdered and raped a 53-year-old landlady named Mary McConnell, taking some of her jewelry with him. Mm. And he tried to pawn the stolen items the next day in town, but uh, was turned down. Oh, okay. But again, mm-hmm. someone saw him with property mm-hmm. that belonged to mm-hmm. one of his victims. I can't imagine the police are like, what the heck is going on? This guy is just all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And by this time, the description of him was in like post offices and tacked bulletin boards and police stations mm-hmm. across the country. He'd been seen on so many occasions. Authorities had a pretty decent idea what he looked like, at yeah. least. Yeah. But they still didn't know who he was. <sighs> on wow. May thirtieth, nineteen twenty-seven, in Buffalo, New York, fifty-three-year-old Jenny Randolph's body was found underneath the bed in her home. She suffered the same fate as the rest of Nelson's victims.
1: Which we all know what that is. Yeah. Ugh.
0: Moving quickly to throw cops off his trail, Nelson killed two women in the Detroit, Michigan boarding house on the same day, on June 1st, 1927. He defiled their bodies after death, as he typically did. Yep. He killed the landlady, Fanny Mae, 53, with a length of electrical cord, and then one of her tenants, Mrs. Maureen, a oh, I've lost count. Yeah, exactly. This is insane. It's nuts. This is why I have problems with these cases. Yeah. Because this is what happens. Yeah. And Carol mentioned it to me earlier. She listens to a podcast about uh, neurology because that's, oh, that's kind of her pet thing. Yeah. And how a human can only have so much empathy for a certain amount of people. And after a while, you just numb, you numb yeah, to it. yeah. And I don't want to do that in our podcast and just become numb to yeah. all these things. Yeah. I want each one to have an impact. Yeah. So that's why I kinda didn't pull punches in talking about what happened to these people. Yeah. Good. Makes sense. Nelson's last murder in the US occurred on June fourth, nineteen twenty seven in Chicago, Illinois. Mary Cecilia Sietzma was found strangled with a cord from one of her household appliances, and she had been raped post mortem. Of course Feeling the police close behind him, the killer crossed the border into Canada, making his way to Winnipeg. Hmm. It's unclear whether Earl Leonard Nelson was aware that the U.S. didn't have an extradition agreement with Canada at the time, but uh, I don't think he was that intelligent. No, I I get that. Yeah, it was
1: my instant uh, um, thought process. was just coincidence. He wasn't aware.
0: On June 9th, 1927 14 year old lola cowan left home to sell artificial flowers in the afternoon she was not seen alive again from an article in the winnipeg evening tribune only days after her death accompanied by a picture of the innocent victim of the gorilla strangler mm. quote she was found by a rumor in mrs john 8 a- john w hill's rooming house at 133 smith Street Sunday afternoon, dead and naked under the bed. Black bruises on her young throat, told where the strangler's large hands had choked her to death. She had been assaulted, the coroner's examination showed. So that's their nice way of saying what had happened Mm -hmm. to her. It also showed the girl had been dead since Thursday night. So she was found days after. Not an article of the child's clothing was found in the room. The strangler had taken all of it. After he had shoved the girl's naked body where it was found, far under the single bed, huddled face to the wall. end quote.
1: I find the fact that he constantly is hiding the bodies interesting, even though it, it, even though it, I don't think he really needs to, because where the, no. the they're in rooms and holes. But maybe he's
0: realizing what a monster he is, you know? So because he's he, starts, to, he starts he uh, starts hiding bodies later on in his killing, mm-hmm. whereas before it was just like display them as he went he would sort of tuck them away yeah,
1: yeah I, get, I can maybe hiding them from his uh, his guilty conscience
0: or it could have been just like this gives him time to get away well, it could have been that simple my
1: instincts tell me that he's just trying to prevent them from being found mm-hmm. uh, quickly to give him more time to escape but then it's like yeah but I mean yeah it's not like you're burying them or putting a lot of effort into hiding them no. so I'll put them under their the bed yeah like, well, that's not the best hiding job.
0: No. Mrs. Emily Patterson was to be Earl Leonard Nelson's last known murder victim. She and her family had moved to their apartment at 100 Riverton in Winnipeg only two weeks prior. Hmm. Immigrants from Ireland. Shit. Emily had not been at her home when her husband returned that evening. He couldn't find her. It was not until he was putting their sons to bed that he discovered his wife's body. Oh, Jesus. She'd been bludgeoned with a claw hammer and raped after death. All their money, around $60, had been stolen as well. He had crammed her under her own son's bed. Oh, my God. There were other indicators present leading police to believe that the dark strangler, so sought after in the U.S., had made his way to Canada.
1: Yeah, well, again, his signature, his M.O. is so specific and telling. Yep.
0: The Canadian newspapers began publishing stories containing the suspect's description and a reward for his capture. It was like $1,500. What? A lot of money in those Shit, days. yeah. According to Schechter's Bestial, the Manitoba Free Press bold headline on the front page read, quote, Killer is still at large. Identify Strangler as much-wanted gorilla man. American police join in the hunt for elusive slayer. End quote. It's pretty salacious. Yeah, right. And most news was in yeah. In those days. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. We talk about that in, in the social media world where people will always like us oh, a gotcha headline. Yeah. Or, uh, but yeah, it was. It's not new.
0: It's yeah. It's it's nineteen twenties clickbait.
1: Exactly. That's the yeah. So exactly what I was looking for. Exactly. So yeah, it's nothing new.
0: Nelson ran to Regina, Saskatchewan, being spotted many times on the way and standing out like a sore thumb as a disheveled stranger. Mm. From Mark Gribben's crimelibrary.com article, quote, Earl Nelson was five miles from the U.S. border when the first lawman caught up with him. Mm. His description had spread throughout the province and every border town was on alert. When Nelson stopped in a general store in Wacopa, Manitoba to buy food, He was recognized by the store owner and a patron who knew of the $1,500 reward and notified the law. Nelson was headed out of town along the southbound railroad tracks, aware that he had been spotted. He'd gotten about a mile and a half away from Wacopa when the local constable appeared in front of him, revolver drawn. Yes. Earl Nelson immediately raised his hands and surrendered. Go Canada! End quote. The RCMP always get their man, right? Clearly. Amazing. Yep. Well, guess what? Oh, shit. He was calling himself Virgil Wilson and claimed he did not know anything about the Dark Strangler. When the man was left alone briefly at the Killarney Jail, he managed to pick the lock of his cell with a piece of wire and took off into the darkness hiding out in a nearby barn.
1: I got the mads.
0: He got away. However, he was caught quickly by a search party and taken into custody for the last time. It took some time to determine whether they actually had captured the gorilla strangler because he kept denying. Yeah, yeah. From Mark Gribben's crimelibrary.com article, quote, As the witnesses and police from various jurisdictions pooled their evidence, as we talked about, a more complete picture of his modus operandi evolved. He usually killed shortly after he had been shaved and barbered and then let his appearance grow more shaggy until the need to murder became unbearable. Hmm. From his wife, Mary, police were able to report that Earl had not been home at the time of any of the slayings. Other evidence that Nelson was the killer was the fact that a knife with a blade that appeared burned by an electric spark was found in his possession. The killer of the landlady in Detroit had used an electrical cord with a knife to commit the crime. At the time, police predicted the man would have a knife with an electrical burn. Okay. Interesting evidence, very, right? Very, very. Nelson, who had finally admitted his identity, continued to maintain his innocence. Murder, just as impossible for a man of my high Christian ideals. Schechter records Nelson as saying to a Manitoba newspaper, end quote.
1: So his defense is, I couldn't do it because I love God. Yep. That's, uh, and I, I love that he escaped and quickly was caught again, because that's how good we are in Canada, it's like, we let you, we give you a second say, okay.
0: Yeah. See if you can get away. uh, We still got you. Yeah. Of course, Nelson had been deemed a constitutional psychopath by psychiatrist, but was felt to be completely sane enough to stand trial for the murders of 14 year old Lola Cowan and Emily Patterson, both of Winnipeg. He was also charged with a couple of accounts of attempted molestation and burglary. Okay. The monster's trial began in Winnipeg on November 1st, 1927 and ended on November 4th, as Nelson grinned from time to time during the proceedings, seeming not to care that his life was at stake or even remotely moved by the emotional testimony of victims' families or his ex-wife, Mary Martin. The evidence making him out to be one of history's worst killers seemed to bore him. Wow. Yep. Well, you you think about when... uh, BTK did his allocution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was just like matter of fact. Oh well, yeah, this happened and that happened and I did that and, you know. Yeah,
1: just like he's reciting a paragraph from a book mm-hmm. or chapters from yeah, a book. It's, it's yeah. It's like very... given
0: a recipe for fried eggs. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a completely unemotional, matter of fact. Um, yeah, it, it's it's chilling. It's really chilling watching the BTK's uh yeah, uh, assertion. Dissertation, some kind of tation, allocution. That's what I said.
0: Although Nelson's defense team tried to say it was insanity that had driven him to murder, he was found guilty and sentenced to hang. Oh, well. From the Winnipeg Police Services website, quote, at the end of the trial on November 4th, the jury took 48 minutes to find Earl Leonard Nelson guilty of murder and sentenced him to hang. There was no appeal. On Friday the 13th of January 1928 after walking up 13 steps to the gallows Earl became the 13th person to hang at the Vaughn Street jail end quote
1: Yeah I'm like uh, I can't say I'm mad about that.
0: A lot of 13s and it's in a there. lot of 13s, right? That is a lot of 13s. But
1: I you know, if there is a day that you that you're going to go out to be executed why that not? that is the Friday the 13th. Yeah, that yeah. is the day.
0: Uh, so that's it for this week's story. Holy crapola. Yeah. Um, Another one of those insanely insane ones. Yeah. These
1: ones I've, I i would not say struggle with, but I find most fascinating because again, I start off with some empathy because you hear about these, this terrible upbringing, mm-hmm. trauma after trauma yep. after trauma. And. Uh, but I, a I, lot of people have that. Yeah. But I just, anytime I hear about a child uh, suffering through traumas. Yes. I want to, my instinct is to want to, to hug, like they tell you you're going to yeah. be okay. And then when you realize, well, okay, I know what this person continues to do in life. You just like, there's such a conflict of feelings where, ah, this poor kid, I ah, know he's a piece of shit.
0: Isn't it interesting how we can forgive bad behavior of the child, but the minute that they're an adult, it's like, nope. Well, no. F- Unless you're a, tried as an adult. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, one's brain is not fully formed and you have not yet garnered enough experience in life to know but what you know as an
0: adult. And isn't so. the formation of that brain part of the whole trick? Like, so you end up messed up because of you were messed up.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, well, that's the whole, uh. Uh, How traumas impact people is because you you now, uh, your way of coping with certain situations is flawed.
0: Now, this guy sounds like he would have never been rehabilitated at all. It sounded like he was so caught up in the sexual aspect of it that it was... And the control
1: and the power and the domination.
0: He was just driven. He was a... He was bloodthirsty
1: yeah and uh it certainly seems like there's not even one percent of remorse yeah he doesn't seem to have any issues with what he's done
0: yeah so we go back to these cases like this is why I hesitate to cover Mm -hmm. cases with many victims Uh, it's not only horrific that so many people die but we can't talk about them as individuals you can only
1: mention and move on to the next name Yeah. yeah
0: yeah I would like to cover more of these cases, though. I think we'll be more intermittent with them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I do that we can discuss the the victim a little more.
1: More individual related uh, crimes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. These cases though are definitely interesting, but at the same time, I don't want to lose our compassionate approach in the spirit of what we do. Well, and
1: a lot of these large cases with multiple victims, they are often covered by a lot of other podcasts as well. So if we are covering one, it is kind of good to go and, and dig back and find something that hasn't really been talked about that often. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's. It's tough. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, because compassion is our... But we're not murder porn, right? Like... No. There's plenty of those folks out there who will have a beer and a laugh and all that kind of stuff while they're telling the story. And not to say that that's good or bad, it's just the way that they do it. Yep. But ours, I think the reason we're a little different is because we take the time.
1: Well, it's at the core of who we are. We genuinely give a shit about people and the thought of us doing or saying anything and just in life that can hurt somebody is very very that that right that sticks and hurts it sticks with us and so um yeah the compassion is just a part of who we are i, yeah.
0: li- I like to think i think so so it's time to lighten things up scott hemingway <laughs> <laughs> you a good puppy yeah this is sassy you a sassy puppy that's a funny thing. You ain't looked me in the
1: face. It's nasty.
0: Oh, man. We we have a few voicemails. Holy shit. Obviously, we can only play a couple of them. Hang on. Yeah. So let's go with uh, one of the shorter ones here. Because, yeah, we're, you're not getting three minutes on the show. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Owen in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I'm a construction worker out here. Love the show. Uh, you're, you're saying has a... Reminded me of the same we have on the site for uh, for our foreman and other folk. Uh, we like to say go fuck your hat. So uh, maybe I should consider doing that. Uh, also, maybe consider doing a series on the uh, idiot meth and drug war that happened here uh, back in like 2008, 9. The, uh, the morons in Spuyfield shooting at each other. That was quite a thing. Anyways, uh, take it easy. And go fuck your hat. I'm Uh, doing it now. I I love Nova Scotians, number one, because I'm one of them, but also because we are colorful people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you, Owen, the construction worker from Halifax. And we will go fuck our hats as well as go shitting in them. Yeah. But I think Not at the same time. No. You don't don't want to mix those two things. Yeah. You want to shit in it probably after. Oh, yeah. 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 Because- or, yeah. or, well, wash it before you find it. There's, yeah, there's all kinds of yeah. things that have to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clearly. But thank you so much, Owen. Uh, you rock and you might even roll. But uh, thanks for giving us a call from Halifax. Appreciate that, Owen. Muchas gracias. Or, as we say in Nova Scotia, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and here's another one. Oh, this one looks like it might be from Edmonton. So hopefully it's not somebody raving about Scott being hateful to the Oilers. <laughs> Let's give this one a listen.
1: Hello, uh, my name is Melissa Laviolette
0: from Edmonton, Alberta, and I just want to say thank you very much for your weekly shows. I really appreciate them, and they make my workday a little bit
1: sweeter. Um, I have been reading a little bit about a girl named... Anne Hamilton
0: Briar, or Byrne, she's called the mama, she was a cult leader, and I would really like to hear your guys's, um, I guess, take
1: on, or the narration of what you guys think the story would be like. Uh,
0: Take a peek, and yeah, I look forward to the next episode of Dark Routine. Thank you very much. Bye. Interesting. That's an interesting case. I've never heard of that hey, case. Mama? So, so we might give that a peek. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We do. We do like ourselves some cults. Well, yeah. I've just such a, have so added six,
0: it. six cult stories to my book. Oh, sweet. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. I'm talking wow. about six different cult like things. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. They're just fascinating of how, how one is able to control many.
0: Our friend, Alan Warren has just written a book about cults and sent it to the editor. So. Mm. he's got one just about to come out he's a good puppy yeah he's a good puppy alan warren is a good egg although he does get wound up about things <laughs> but anyway good on you alan so if you want to give us a call and send us a voicemail you can do so at one 327 5786 or 1-877-darkptn that's
1: 1877
0: eight seven seven. Dark Putin. <laughs> and uh, we harmonized. Yeah, we did. It'd it's amazing. amazing. It's beautiful. We're like the Beatles over here. Pretty much. Well, I don't know about no, that. I said pretty much. Pretty much is not exactly. It's close enough though. Close enough. Hey, nobody gets hurt if we just tell stories. Right? Well, I hope not. Well, I mean, it depends on the story. Yeah. We don't make things up about people.
1: Well, I mean, unless it's Christmas. <laughs> too soon? Too soon?
0: No, it's not too soon. <laughs> people did get wound up about that. Holy they smokes. They did. They did. Why did they? I,
1: I think they, they felt betrayed because they uh, didn't recognize our pattern for Christmas specials. And right. And they... Uh, thought we betrayed their trust by lying to them, and it's no, it was a joke. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's there's
0: a difference between a lie and a joke. Yeah, we weren't. It's uh, like if you said uh, that would be like getting angry at Saturday Night Live and saying, <laughs> "Yeah, you lied to us."
1: So, well, no, because they weren't trying to tell yeah, you. It's satire. Like,
0: like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, satire. Satire. Satir. That's what we were trying to do. I don't know if we were successful at it. But I think the... we were very successful. So successful
1: that some people didn't realize. Yeah,
0: yeah. Some people were
1: were well, uh, oh well, which sucks. I mean, that's not what what we wanted people to feel. But
0: um, we wanted us, we wanted them to, to feel Christmassy.
1: We wanted to make people laugh.
0: Yeah, and I think we did. I think we did. With we 99. made the majority
1: ninety nine point nine 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 percent exactly. And that's what's
0: important. That's a good percentage. It is a good percentage.
1: I know my percentages.
0: You do know your percentages Mm -hmm. at times. Yep.
1: Usually not the right times. Oh, no? Yeah.
0: I don't know. Oh, well. Yeah. Let's get started with some Patreon shout outs. I would like that. How about Alyssa Robinson from Osgood, Ontario?
1: Osgood. That would also be a great name.
0: Osgood? Yeah. Yeah. Osgood. Gertrude. Thank you, Alyssa Robinson.
1: Thank you so much,
0: Alyssa. We appreciate your support of the show. Uh, Caitlin Morgan. What, what's this? Another person from Harrisonburg, Virginia? Hmm. So that's weird. Hmm. Well, it's, it's we do a lot of marketing there. Apparently. <laughs> and Scott Arsenault from East Lansing, Michigan. Oh, sweet. Got a wow. Little
1: Michigan in the house.
0: Yep. Jeanette England from London, Ontario. What? Yeah, wow. There's there's some interesting folks here. Well, there always is, right? Uh, Kelly Manderville from Moncton, New Brunswick. Yeah, Kelly. One, one of my f- favorite little towns, Moncton. Moncton. We uh, covered the Mountie murders we in Moncton did. at that time. Yeah. And next up, we have Lisa Miller, and I don't know where Lisa's from. Lisa Miller is from Cape Fear. Cape, oh, we had someone from Cape Fear last week, didn't we? No, we did not. Okay. I no. did. Oh, well, maybe it's because I watched both the old version and the new version. And then. <laughs> that might be the Cape. We saw the Simpsons Cape Fear show. Do you oh, remember so, that one? So. Uh, we're, we're, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Sideshow Bob is under the car. Yeah, I do. I mm-hmm. do. So, so
1: yeah, that must be what you're recalling because no, I, I, I uh, had not mentioned the Cape Fear
0: yet. So what's, what's going on with Lisa Miller at, in Cape Fear? Does she hide under cars?
1: No, what she does is she makes fear capes. She makes fear
0: capes. Yeah. Yeah. So. So are they very like the, she, she makes the cape. So if somebody can turn around and scare the crap out of somebody. No, you would,
1: but that maybe she should expand into that, but no, it's a, it's a cape that has like serial killer portraits on the cape. So it's, so it's to instill fear. It's to make you scared with fear. I
0: think you're ill.
1: Clinically. Yeah, clinically ill. It's uh, I got the scooters, uh, but so yeah, she's she she lives in Cape Fear and she makes fear capes. Well, so, that's
0: good for her. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Next up, we have Rebecca Wagsback, and she's from Conroe, Texas. Oh, sweet! I like I like Texas. Yeah, I, I, well, was, I certain, haven't been to
1: Texas. I would like to go to Texas. Certain places specifically, I like Dallas. Yeah, that's one of the places I want to go. I really want to go to Austin.
0: Dallas was very. How can I put this? Concretey. There was lots of uh roads. Sense. I suspect that yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, it was very roady. Yeah. Oh roady. Yeah. Well, to, I, so you couldn't go to and fro. And I went to the book depository and was,
1: I think it's law. You it was to. amazing. Yeah.
0: I went with uh Shay and Aaron from All Crime No, yeah, cattle. no cattle. So yeah. listen to that show. They're yeah. fantastic. But yeah, I went with them and uh we had a great time. And mm. it's one of the best museums I've ever been in. And all that nonsense about Oswald not being able to make those shots—I could have made those. Just so you know, it's a very small area. It's really? not as big as it looks.
1: Really interesting. Okay. No, nope,
0: not at all. Very interesting. Next up, we have a Marion R. Khan from Jackson Heights, New York. Whoa, New York in the house. New York. Ooh. Thank you, Marion. Very much, thank you. Marion's my mom's name. Is it? It is. Well, that's adorable. A little spelled a little different than this Marion, but uh, yeah. Well, one of them's right. <laughs> or both of them. Sure, that's what I meant. <laughs> exactly. That's what I, I meant. I think both of them are correct. And next up we have Jay McMillan. And I don't know where Jay is from. Oh, I'm pretty close locally, uh, Steveston. Oh, Steveston, yep. uh, in, that's a, a neighborhood in Richmond. Yeah, British it's, a, it's
1: a lovely,
0: lovely area. Is, uh, is Jay a, a tuna fisherman? You're close. Okay. Works in a restaurant. Oh, okay. So deals with tuna in one way or another. <laughs> no,
1: no, not, it's not a, and there's no fish on Oh, the, what you.
0: kind of restaurant is it? Is it the hog shack where we went? It's not, but that was good. That was good food. Yeah, I had the brisket. Good. Yeah, you did. Yes. Yeah, you... I had brisket tonight for dinner. What
1: the hell's happening? Wow.
0: I don't know. Carol
1: bought some brisket. Wow, wow. No, all they sell in this restaurant mm-hmm. are are shortbread.
0: What? Yeah. I can't see that being very popular outside of Christmas. Oh, it's huge. Oh, oh it's huge. Yeah, yeah. What what's huge? Th- the restaurant is huge or the the, the business? Oh. So
1: they're thinking of expanding. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the open location. Is it
0: shaped shortbread, or is it like it looks like bre- loaves of bread? Shortbread looks
1: like loaves of bread. Oh, interesting. I've yeah. never seen that before. N- no. Well, this they're really this is this is why they're so popular. They're breaking new bread ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. So it's, uh, go check it out in
0: Steveston. I'm fairly certain you've hit your head this week.
1: Pre- I think it's called the Bredatorium. The
0: Bredatorium. The
1: short Bredatorium. Yeah, it's there you go. and it's delicious. Go check it out. I've, well, I've never eaten there, so I'm, I can't qualify that. But um, i do not even like shortbread. but but uh, the word on the street is it's great.
0: There you go. We did get some donut money this week from our people who send us uh, one time support boop, at dark podcast at gmail dot com. This one was from Kelsey Johnson. Thank you very much, Kelsey. For your contribution. Super thank you, Kelsey. Yes, we uh, we definitely needed that. Mucho thanko. And interestingly, Wild North Fermentation. What the hell? From wildnorthfermentation.com, they sent us uh, uh some donut money and said, sorry about the Patreon membership. Oh, I know who this is. I thought it was an instant charge and I would still have access for a month. My bad. I did receive your message this morning. Love your podcast and all the work that you guys put into it. Jasmine. So we gave her a shout out last week. Okay. And then I noticed, oh, wait, her Patreon was canceled and I, I messaged her. I said, did we offend you? And some way I thought we defended oh, her by our shout out. Yeah. The way we did our, so her this, shout out. Cause, this
1: is the compassion part
0: again. My yeah. Think. And she got back to me and said, oh, no, 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 no. I just made a boo-boo and it was like, oh, okay, good. Oh, few. Fair enough. Oh, that's nice. Because I just, I saw like instantly, wow, someone is a patron, and then they're not after their shout out. And I thought, oh, oh, oh we, is this we, the one? Is this Did the, we is say this? something and hurt somebody's feelings? Is but this the one where it happens? It wasn't. Phew. There you go. And uh, also from Amanda Beers. Oh. Thank you so much for all you do. The yard communities are amazing, and I feel so lucky to be a part of them. Thank you, Amanda Beers.
1: No, no, we're the lucky ones to have you a part of them.
0: Yeah. Thanks for supporting us.
1: Very much so. Thank you, Amanda.
0: And, uh, thank you to all our patrons past and present for your pledges. We really appreciate your support of the show. It has helped us so much. We've been able to buy new equipment. We're going to be traveling to CrimeCon. Yes. Looking forward to that. We are even considering, uh, the CrimeCon in the UK, although it's one day. Oh, but I would love it. I got some, I got, I have reservations about. A, making, what, a making, one day uh, expensive jaunt. Yes. But. Oh, yeah, it would be UK. fun. It would be fun. We'd have to make a thing of it, I think. For sure. Alan Warren wants to go as well.
1: Maybe like a a, a, a live show
0: coordination kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah, there are some great podcasts there. Yeah. If you want to help support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash darkpoutine or as I mentioned for one-time support, send us donut money via PayPal at darkpoutinepodcast at com. And if you don't already, please subscribe to the show. You can easily find us on iTunes podcast Stitcher, in Spotify, or wherever you get your on-demand audio. Check out darkproutine.com for show notes and other cool stuff. Give us a follow, like on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc., etc. Search for Dark Proutine to find us. Most importantly, tell your friends. Word of mouth is a powerful thing. Until next week, don't forget to be a good egg and not a bad apple. Yeah, be a good puppy. Be a good puppy.